Hey everyone, welcome to the Oliver Hurwitz podcast show. I'm truly honored to have actor and supermodel Noah Mills as my guest. How how is that? How is that living? You know that supermodel lifestyle, dude. You're basically uh, the the Giselle of like male supermodels. You know. <laughs> I mean, look, man. I mean, I, I I've done well, but you know, it's it's funny, like. I tell you, I mean, I don't know what it is for like these kids nowadays. It's so funny. I, I found Instagram and I was looking at like these YouTubers. They've probably become like the new. And I was like, wow, these kids. You know, I don't know. I don't think we we. My world was very insular because there was not really. I mean, when I started, there wasn't even cell phones. You know what I mean? Like, and we had a lot of fun. Like, it was protected though. We'd be in Milan. There was probably a group of twenty, thirty guys I knew, like Will Chalker and David Gandy and Tyson and. And we had a blast. I mean, but you know, it's been a while um, since I've been in that lifestyle. I really don't even model that much anymore. And then, the, and then everything shifted with social media and, and, and all of that. So it's like I don't really feel, you know. But I, I do think the world that that sort of bubble of modeling has been burst, you know, just because of social media. Everything is bleeding together. Sort of entertainment, you know. We see bloggers in Milan and you know we had a bubble and that shit was really fun you know what I mean? <laughs> that was that was you had to be there to be um part of it you know uh, it wasn't like you know you were on a cell phone and you're seeing what everyone else was doing and stuff like you had to be we would we and I went to Milan and Paris you know four or six times a year and you know with the same see the same faces and we partied fucking hard and, <laughs> and, and, and made money and it was, it was, it was, it was wild and it was fun. Now it's different. I mean, now I, I you know, I reap some of the benefits of, of the hard work that I did put in and man, there was a period where I was just working. Like, yeah. You know, I was working Germany, England, Spain, you know, Paris, uh, Italy, US and was, you know, cashing out and, and, and working, um, you know, sometimes it wasn't fun. A lot of times it wasn't fun. It's just sort of catalog work and not that type of thing. So, you know, there's there's two sides to it. I, I I don't, you know, there was moments where you're like, wow, this is like the modeling or Vogue party or something, you know. But I, for guys, it's a little bit more grinding. You know, it's like you you know you're there, but you know, you're not making as much money as probably some of the girls are not so like you know wrapped up and and invited into that. Mm -hmm. You know luxury fashion world but like yeah now now it's quite now it's quite different I, i'm quite uh happy where i landed though because you know i do know a lot of people in fashion now i've myself have like a little brand so in a weird way i feel more in a weird way i kind of feel a little bit more involved in it now from the other side you know i know um you know, obviously, like things have turned to, towards like streetwear, and, and there's a lot of like really successful young brands in LA. Um, so it's I feel I feel really um, fortunate to like still have my hand involved in it a bit in a different capacity. Um, but uh, yeah, not 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 running around and on set and you know going to fashion shows and all that type of stuff anymore. So. What was your favorite favorite city to to go to to shoot at? I mean, you know, in the beginning, I think it was Milan because Milan was just always like it was small enough, and I, and I knew people there. Like it was small enough, and it was always like kind of just like a big party, you know, for like the fashion. 
get there. I always worked great there, whether I was working exclusively for Dolce Gabbana or I worked exclusively for Gucci when, when Tom Ford was there. So I was like, worked really well there. So you're making a ton of money and it's a small, you know, city and, and, and it's, you know, you're there during a fashion week. So it's lively. And then later, um, I, I enjoy Paris. Like, yeah, now, now I enjoy Paris. I, I have family there. I have, um, some close friends that live there and yeah, I just love, love going to Paris and when I'm working in Paris. Yeah. It's always, I always extend and, and, and you know, go outside the city and yeah, I, I feel, I feel, um, I love that city. I love that city. And in, in, uh, in Italy, you're probably like a, like a modern James Bond over there, right? With all those, <laughs> Dolce, you probably go there, all the girls, all the girls, hey, it's not meals, it's not meals, you know? <laughs> I mean, they do love their fashion over there. I, I, I would tell my friends, I'd be like, you know, and I'm super humble and I don't, you know, I mean, that, that, you know, that modeling thing, I mean, is, could be anybody, you know what I mean? But there was moments when we were promoting like the fragrance and stuff for Dolce Gabbana, where I was like, wow, people really come out here for fashion. You know, in the States, it's very different. That luxury fashion market is not um, as mainstream. I mean, you would never get people kind of like freaking out for like a male model or for even for like the female models. I think in the States, it's not, it's not as uh, here in America. I think they they like they're more like they like the more real real person, blue collar. The fashion industry is a little bit. Uh, they like the ballers. They like the the athletes. They like the athletes for sure. I mean, yeah, they like the athletes. They like the musicians, you know, movie stars and stuff. But I I think fashion is a little that that luxury fashion world. You know, it's a little out of reach for um, a lot of the population. It's funny. It's not represented the same. You know, in Paris, you're like every commercial is like filled with models and like you're watching TV or just like, wow, there's so many like luxury brands advertising there all the time here is, you know, it's beer commercials and sports commercials and cell phones and cars, you know what I mean? And it's, so it, it's, it's, it's different, but yeah, I mean, in Italy, um, you know, Dolce Gabbana obviously are a huge thing over there and I worked for, for a bunch of designers and, and uh, that city's always, always fun to, fun to go back to. I'm sure I'll go back. <laughs> How was, how was the transition to acting? How has that been treating you? I mean, it's good. It's, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, I think, you know, the, you know, the transition, you know, I, I mean, it's, I always studied. So I felt like that. I think if anything, the modeling got in the way, I think like it would, it would have probably been a, a more, um, just like a more traditional trajectory if I would have just started acting, you know, who knows if I would have made it or not, but you would have gotten the feedback and like focused. And I think I came with a little bit of an asterisk, you know, like, oh, this guy is successful or he's got representation because, or, you know, so I, th I think in the, you know, the, the, the acting world, you know, people are wary of that. They don't want to be, um, they don't want to, you know, be getting pushed on somebody for some other reason. I think now it's probably social media, right? Like, it's probably, is there this pressure to hire people with social media following? Hmm. I'm sure directors and casting directors don't want to, right? Because they're, they've been trained to just be the best person in the room. And I always wanted that opportunity. I was like, don't look, look at me with that lens because like, I don't, 
necessarily feel very attractive or want to feel attractive for this part. Like, I just want you to feel my energy and whether or not you believe me as this character, which is harder to do when you already have a preconceived notion of somebody. It's like, oh, this guy's a big basketball player, you know, and they come in the room and they're, you know, auditioning for a cop. In your head, you're going like, you're seeing the guy play basketball. You know what I mean? So I think with me, it's like, this guy's a huge model. And, you know, people come in, they're looking at you like, um, like, is he amazing looking or some shit? You know what I mean? But like, that's, that's, that's you know, so um, I think, I think, it, I think if anything, it, 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 it fucked with my psyche a little bit. Like, I felt like I had to bring this sort of, you know, look or live up to this expectation of this look. Um, and um, I think it also probably, you know, skewed the way people were looking at me when, when I came in the room. Uh, I mean, not to like, it also helped me get representation and also helps you get in the room. So mm. there's pros and cons. But I always remember like the creator of The Brave, which was very much just like an acting job. I mean, that, that character wasn't written like as some handsome guy. It was just... He was the character, you know, whatever, not the lead, but, you know, and, and the Dean, George Harris, the creator, um, came up to me when we were filming the pilot and was like, I had no idea, like, you had this other big career. And he said, I don't know that I would have hired you if I would have known, because McGuire, the character you're going for, was meant to be, like, the tough, kind of, like, salt-of-the-earth guy. Like, I would have not wanted a model or something in his character. And, and, and that, that goes to show, you know, that, 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 that cannot help. You know, he literally said that. Like, I don't think I would have cast you if I would have known, you know, you had done all this modeling. So yeah, hopefully people will forget. And I can <laughs> you know? with, with, with all of those Dolce & Gabbana ads running around and around, I don't think yeah, anyone no, is going to forget, I, man. You know, Google, it's like, what can I do? You know, it's out there. <laughs> You don't really think about that when you're young, making money and running around. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, it's a process. It's a process. And, um, you know, I'm game for it. I, I, like I say, I have some other things I do, which I really love, which fill the time. Um, I'm working on a Marvel project right now. It's not a, not a big part, but I'm on the, on a huge production, probably the biggest scale production I've been on. Wow. Um, awesome to see yeah it's got you know the winter felt winter Fal uh winter soldier and falcon yeah really ashton stan we, we, you know and, and it's cool to just be on that size of a project and be like wow i'm here you know i'm here i'm working like you know for my acting and you know for that and that, that that's cool and i want more you know and just gotta it's uh it's a tough process it's also really tough i do think right now because you know, obviously with COVID, there's so many restrictions and people are kind of tight. So like, I'm still at a level where I think I need somebody to take a chance on me, especially for that next level of part. You know, it's like, I have to have a director say like, this guy hasn't been in that many things, but like, I like him and like, let's go with it. So, and that's a little tough. I like to go into the room and I like to meet people in person. And I can't, we can't do that right now. So we're just sending in tapes. We're just sending in audition tapes. And, you know, I feel a little bit like, shit, you know, they don't know me. They haven't met me. I'd love to get, you know, so it's an up, up, uphill process. But, um, 
you know, I believe in it. And, you know, sometimes you can't rush things and you got to just got to believe in it and, and stay the course, you know? So how does your day look like right now? I mean, my days are, are, are jumping around a lot. I've actually been kind of busy. I, I, I've been doing homes here. So, like, I have a house in Venice that I built from scratch with my brother, um, which is a great, great property down there. It was featured in Architectural Digest, and we had so much fun doing it. And then I, you know, Venice is a little touristy and whatnot. And more than anything, I just wanted to do something else and have that create, creative process um, going along you know, with, with the acting and stuff. So I bought a house on the other side of LA, sort of in the hills, and it's in a, in a different style house, and I've been fixing that up. So a lot of that, um, I don't do like the hard work myself, like I had, you know, a builder, but, you know, putting together a house is a lot of little things. Um, so I, I, I do a lot of that, still have guys here working on that. I have a small clothing brand called NM Athletics, um, which is actually a fucking shitload of work. Um, sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but that's, I mean, again, like I was fortunate, I feel fortunate to have that shit because I like to stay busy. I'm not somebody that's gonna, you know, so I'm running, I run around, I run around downtown, I source different fabrics, I buy um, different dead stock jersey and fleece fabrics and then make samples and do tie dyeing. And, and so that, and then, and then I, I do pictures as well for the brand. I have friends that are photographers and, you know, organize shoots. So there's a lot of creative stuff. And then, then you know, I'll also take a day off and go up to my friend's house and sit by the pool all day or like, mm -hmm. you know, I have a blessed life for sure. It's, uh, you know, it's a little scary right now. Cutting outside. Um, that's a little worrying right now. I think everybody's feeling that where it's like, whoa, are things coming back? Is it going back to normal? You know, what does this time mean? Do I think there's a certain perspective for me, like, okay, if everything is changing, what do I want my life to look like? What are the important things, you know? And um, so it's, it's, it is a, a tight time. I think people are a little anxious and, and rightfully so, but I think the best way is just to stay, stay creative and stay productive. I'm also writing a script, so mm -hmm. I got plenty to work on. And I got a dog, you know? <laughs> and I love her. I love her to death. I feel like this, this guy hates his dog. No, I love her to death. But it's a lot. It's a lot having a dog. So it's like, you know, I, but that's been fun too. So some changes and some growth and some, you know, continuing of creative um endeavors especially with the clothing in the house and then you know recently the auditioning has started to uptick so you know i'll get an audition they usually want it in two or three days and um you got to work on it find somebody to tape with and put that tape together and edit it out so every day is very very different for me i also make sure to work out like i just for my mental and my physical boxing um you know try to get yeah, I saw on Instagram you hitting that shit. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? I gotta find some 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 content, but you know, um, yeah, I love I love that. I just gets um, it's nice nice to work out. I go to the gym. I'm on my phone and stuff still, so it's nice to just put the gloves on. Can't touch the phone. Work with this guy, um, Tiger. Who's you know, and it's it's a full full body exhausting freaking workout. So. Yeah, I haven't traveled much. I've pretty much been in LA, especially because with the houses, like I rent the one in Venice now. So I have to 
you know, be around if something comes up with that and then I'm doing this one. So there's actually a lot, a lot I have to be here for. I'm hoping though, um, in about maybe in a couple of weeks, I can go to New York. I actually want to go to New York and might have a job there and then go upstate to a summer place and get out a little bit, but we can't, we can't leave. We can't go to Europe. <laughs> you can't, you know, so we're kind of stuck here. It's, it's odd, you know. Where are you now? You're in Israel? Yeah, in Israel. Uh, I really I feel like I would like, everybody who knows me is like, I, for, people think I'm Jewish a lot, I think, because maybe my name's Noah, and I don't know if it's the way I look or whatever. You look a little bit, yeah, you do. Yeah, but um, I definitely know um, a lot of Jewish people and people that are from Israeli, and my friend Liat is like, oh, dude, he would love it. I was like, I really, really want to go. Dude, you have to come. You up when I come. Yeah, and then I have to meet you in person. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I do really want to come. It looks like a beautiful, fun country. It is. Yeah. So you talked previously, like about all the stress that is, you know, being uh, going on because of COVID and everything, all the anxiety. Um, yeah. Throughout your career, did you um, did you have any mindfulness practice that you would go to? Anything, maybe meditation, maybe something else. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't, I've struggled with a lot personally, like, you know, I, I, when I was young, I had a drug and alcohol problem um, that I got over, that I, you know, joined, you know, um, AA for, and, and, you know, learned some things in there, and then, you know, worked with a therapist um, and a life coach, and decided to leave, you know, Alcohol Anonymous, and, you know, work, um, on that stuff myself with self-developmental work, meditation, and I've dipped in and out. Like it's always there for me, you know, sometimes I'm stronger with it, you know, and then sometimes I get busy and I go away from it. But you know, it, that, that, that is of the utmost importance. I think I've had enough success to know that like success without some sort of mental mastery or mental um, clarity and calmness is is not fun <laughs> you know like I, I you know so uh wait one sec i'm gonna maybe move a little bit they got the uh air compressor now going <laughs> um but yeah for sure like i and 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 recently i was just talking to my good friend who's a designer as well nick fouquet he makes hats and we hang out a lot and we share you know it's great to have a friend like that because we, we we are in similar places in some regards and you know it's like I think coming into COVID, I was busy. I had a house going, I had the clothing line. I was on the Marvel production. I was writing my own script. I wanted to start a production company. You know, there's like, you know, lots of things to be doing. And then COVID happened. And I think it made me shift or it is making me shift into a place where like, you know, maybe maybe you're running in and i think as a society you know we can get addicted to working and we put that mm -hmm. at the forefront if work is going well or if i'm creating or if i'm you know you know working really hard i'm good and it's not necessarily true and covid's made me realize that where i'm like you know you know are you okay without all the work you know what I mean? And that, that's really important. And I've struggled with some, and, and I've struggled and kept myself really busy and stressed out and then thought, man, like, you can't sit still. You can't hmm. read a book. You can't, you know, so I have of late um, 
been meditating a little bit and reading and just trying to like put my phone down and go, you know, boxing is nice because it's an hour or two hours. I'm just not, you know, looking at the phone being doing something, you know, um, and, and, the, and, the, and the dog honestly has been a little help too. Like a lot of like walks and, and, and playing with her. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, I think that stuff is like of the, of the utmost importance. And I, and I think, you know, um, a lot of people know that and, and that's a good thing and that's a good direction, you know, that, that people are going. I think there's a lot more like self-developmental and self-spiritual and work going on in, in the world than there was like, you know, back when our parents were growing up. I don't think they really thought about that shit much. They were like, you work, you get married, you have a family, I mean, you know, but it's different. It's different now. Um, so I, I think that mental health aspect of the whole process is just as important as you know being successful in whatever you do and then and then that's the best of both worlds i think i think then you have perspective you have some sort of mental you know control over and then also you get to be successful and enjoy the fruits of your labor so hmm. that's what i'm shooting for and just have to remind myself that you know as much work goes into the job it's got to go into the personal and, and, and you know mental as well yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, is there yeah. any specific book that inspired you? I know there's that Marlon Brando book that you always talk about, right? Yeah, that Marlon Brando book is phenomenal. And I think he was somebody that is, is like, you know, that you brought it up. That's, that's, that's kind of the proof in the pudding right there. I think that's somebody who had success really quickly and, and fervently and intensely and then spent the rest of his later years trying to get some sort of understanding of like life and what it all meant i mean i, I watched the documentary on him too it's incredibly sad really you know in some regards because you're like so much talent and so such an incredible life and experience and but a person still at the end left completely uh you know scared and 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 at his mind's you know whim and and you know, he did all those recordings with himself so um, listen, I, listen, listen to me, Marlon. Right, that's how it's called. Yeah, listen to me, Marlon is incredible. If you haven't seen that, I mean, it's he's talking to himself and making these tapes and identifies so much with it, just trying to calm himself down, trying to you know not feel too paranoid, not feel anxious, and you know, I mean, I I, I think that's yeah, you can look at that and say you know wow, it's not about the success. It's not about like, you know, Instagram followers and shit. Like it really isn't, you know? I mean, <laughs> you might have to experience it for yourself. You might, you know, and like, that's fine. If your drive is to be famous and you get there, I, but I would say probably you're going to get there and realize, oh shit, there's all this other stuff that has to come too because I could be miserable here in this massive house or something. But um, yeah, I mean, The Four Agreements for me is a book that yeah. like, you know, just strikes a chord. Um, that's tough, you know, I mean, I definitely don't think I live um, with that. But whenever I read that, there is like a simplicity there and, uh, and a real connection to like the psychological and action, you know what I mean? I think that's, you know, that's important for me is to find ways where like, I do think it comes down to action. I think I've thought so much and I've had so many long conversations and done lots of therapy. And at some point it's like enough talking, it comes down to action. Do the work, yeah. Exactly, can you be aware of whatever you're aware of and then can you have it, you know, actually come out in, in your daily actions? And the four agreements is 
you know, all action. You're like, wow, if I can, you know, have this realization of what, you know, not talking shit will do for myself and then not talk shit for 10 years, you know, and see the effect <laughs> You know, and I, I mean, I'm not good. Sometimes I get super pessimistic. Sometimes I get super judgmental. So, you know, I can, or, you know, somebody the other day was like, you're kind of cynical. I was like, I am actually a little bit cynical. And I do careful of that, you know, because it's, it's, you know, what, what you speak and what you, you know, say and, and has power and, and can you know, revert back on you. So, yeah, The Four Agreements for me is like a book I pick up and read always um it's like always around and yes i'd like to be better with I mean, those four agreements also there's a book um that i read a lot the 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 i was getting mixed because it's a play on words it's the war of art right you know the, mm. there's a work so this one's the war of art um by stephen pressfield and it's about a writer you know it's about a writer who um just deals with the difficulties of of action and you know um inspiration as a writer and i just find it's just like one page basically uh excerpts and examples and i find it really inspiring uh this guy's been through a lot and um has a very like <clears throat> human and relatable way to uh that you can relate to like being a creative person and how do you get to like creating something a product and getting it out the door and having it made and moving and not getting caught just in in, in thought you know so that's another one but yeah there's a lot of good books out there man. <laughs> how is uh how's your screenplay going i think it's about the male industry male model industry if i I have, I have that one i have yeah that's a that's a that's a pilot i wrote um for potential tv show that i was developing with some producers that's um that that's there uh, i have that in conjunction with some people um but the thing i'm writing right now is is actually um a thriller that I want to that I want to shoot sort of a 1970s style um a little deliverance which sounds that's <laughs> scary but uh yeah, yeah, yeah I just I had a summer place and I've spent all, all my life uh, all my summers of my life upstate and upstate New York and kind of always had this idea for um a thriller that also you know has a you know a uh, a bit of the social construct of this place up there, which is that there's, you know, wealthy vacationers and, you know, more working class local people. And there's something I kind of always thought of that brings a certain eeriness and a certain edge intenseness up there in that area. So I'm just working on that. But I mean, you know, screenwriting is obviously, I mean, I do, I do want to test my hand at that. I mean, I, I, I think I like screenwriting. I'm not like a huge, I don't have like a, great you know command of the english language and stuff but there's something that i've uh, i've taken from screenwriting even you know um because you're, you're writing for the imagery for me you're writing for the minds to play the movie you're not having to spell and and weave such you know art with the vocabulary is like arthur miller or the you know great writers you're really just writing the bones of what's to be filmed so I don't feel as challenged, um, you know, to write beautifully, if you will. It's like, I have a story. Let me get the bones down here in the script format. The, 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 you know, the real art or the impression will come when, when we film and edit and do all that. So, um, 
But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I do think at some point I will be able to make my own film. And that, that could be a, that could be a really rewarding process for me. In, in, in the movie about yourself, let's say someone made a movie about Noah Mills, you know, the male supermodel, who would you, who, which actor would play you? Who would you place as? as me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play me. I don't know. Man. Ain't nobody making a movie about me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you never know, man. You, you're still yeah, young. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Yeah, that's true. You never know. Uh, yeah, I think there's more interesting things to make to make movies about. Um, you know, but I, I do think there is something. You know, and 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 who knows that 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 modeling project I, I think could come to light. You know, there's so many it's hard and you know it's like there's so many interesting things and, and undoubtedly like my experience has been very interesting i, I think on, on a lot of levels you know you know there's um but i think with filmmaking and tv making there's like that crazy you know the politics of like and just so much that goes into like well you know <clears throat> it really takes a, a pretty i think phenomenal story um to warrant somebody spending millions of dollars <laughs> but you know maybe one day i'll write a book just for, for the but it was it was an it was an interesting ex experience and there is and the pilot i wrote about that show um had a lot of that in there i mean a lot of the guys that start modeling you know come from not much i found that it wasn't you know i think now it's a lot of celebrities kids and stuff not when i was starting a lot of the guys were from nothing, from caravan parks and, you know, friends from, you know, broken homes, honestly, you know, took a certain type to just say, fuck it, I'm going to New York, I'm gonna mm -hmm. live in an apartment, you know what I mean? And um, I come from a good family, but a lot of the guys were pretty, pretty rough around the edges. Um, very straight too. I thought like we were young and we were after girls, you know, and then you're put into an industry where a lot of the people um, that are making the decisions of the professional side are gay, you know, it was like, that was, a, an experience for me just um you know being around and so there was a lot of interesting highs and lows and you know psychological development of people i saw kids lose their minds i saw kids become stars i saw you know people just absolutely hate it and return back home very quickly you know um so there is there is an interesting world there i think I think people tend to scoff at it a little bit. They're like, male model, you know, and you can't get silly, you know what I mean? Zoolander and whatnot, but look like, you know, they're humans, you know what I mean? So like, inevitably there's some very, um, some very interesting stories, you know, and some heartbreaking stories. So, um, was there like a harassment and stuff like that going on? I never really, you know, I mean, play something to navigate. Like I had not been around gay people before in my life. I really had not. I lived in Australia. I lived in Canada. I just, it wasn't even really something in my radar. At the same time, when I was introduced to it, it wasn't something I felt like super threatened by or super like scared of or, you know, and, but I think it was something that had to be navigated. Sure. I mean, like, you know, the, the process of working for a designer or, auditioning you know it, it is intrinsically flirtatious you know hmm. i think about earl sits down with the director out here at the chateau maman or something like it, you know she wants the guy to like him because he's making it so you're right there you're in a you know an odd situation in some some regards you know what i mean and uh, i think in fashion it's even more so you're there to be looked at by a photographer or designer to see if they 
desire you. I mean, sex sells. So it's like you have to make people want you and desire you. That's part of the job. But then, you know, to, you know, um, create some sort of like professional line and stuff. And I, and I honestly, I think I, I, for whatever reason, did really well with that. I mean, I worked with, you know, a lot of, you know, gay designers and a lot of like, and, and had good long relationships. So it's like, uh, you know, it's definitely something. I think that honestly kept me in the industry because I, I, I did see guys that couldn't deal with that, you know, that just didn't, wasn't, you know, part of their ideologies or whatever, or their beliefs, or they just didn't like it. They're young, you know, and, and left. But um, I didn't feel harassed, you know. I didn't feel I didn't feel harassed. I felt like I was, you know, there to work. And you know, I also had the was fortunate enough to start working at a high level quickly. Maybe it's a little harder if you're, you know, um, if you're really feeling desperate or something like that. But um, I didn't I didn't feel desperate, and I and I felt. Like there was some camaraderieship and friendship with the designers and photographers, honestly. And if they, you know, really liked me, I was like, great, let's shoot some awesome looking pictures. You know what I mean? That's about it. Did you ever get in a relationship with a with a female model? Throughout yeah, your yeah, yeah. Um, usually pretty short lived. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, girls I fell in love with, you know, in some regard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know that 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 uh, that's 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 fun and you know you go on set and you work with somebody and you you know you're meant to have a connection in the pictures and you have a connection in real life and that's all that's that's all part of it i think that happens a lot with actors as well you know you're traveling somewhere you're alone you know there's a i mean fuck man that job is you know was so lonely you know in some regards it's, you're flying all over the world you know alone just working with clients but you don't know them and a lot of times the talent you know connects so Sometimes not so much. <laughs> no, they're not interested at all. But um, yeah, I had some. I had some some relationships with some girls. Yeah, that was fun. Nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. Awesome, man. So uh, I wanna I wanna ask you. I wanna talk with you about before we, we end up because I know you're a big uh, b-ball fan. I also used to play ball. I, uh, oh, you did? Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm six two. I think you're six two, two, right? Yeah, my Six two, maybe a little bit more. My friends always say six two. I say six three. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was a six two point guard in the states. You played? No, when yeah. here in Israel. Oh, nice man. Yeah, I know that they ball out there for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. There's another. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. There was a male model who played professionally. I think in Italy or a Serbian model. God, I can't remember. He'd kill me. We were friends too, and he he was. A he was a really good baller. But there's a couple guys that played. Oh, that's fun, man. So you still play a little bit? Uh, I haven't, not recently, but I need to get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I absolutely love the NBA. I think I'm, I'm so envious of those guys. I really think it's like, you know, the Cinderella time with the NBA where, like, you know, it's just this great sporting soccer and the NBA are just, like, built for the modern world right now so well. Um, but I'm I a Lakers still, fan. You, you as well, right? Lakers, all the no, way. Man. I mean, <laughs> you know, I have to connect. I, I, for whatever reason, I, I, you know, felt so broken and sad by Kobe Bryant's death. Wow. Uh, you know, I, not necessarily because it was like bad. Just, just as a human being, just as like following him and like seeing. You know, I don't know what. I think a lot of people just like struck a chord. You know, um, but honestly, when I was growing up and they were dominating, I kind of, I mean, I was like 
screw the Lakers, you know, fancy LA. I hadn't been to LA. I was like, the, I don't like the Jersey, still don't. But like, you know, and I was like, no, so I, I was more, I was a Boston fan when they had Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett was always one of favorite, my player of mine. So I kind of, I haven't really had a city, you know, that I picked pick from. And Baltimore, the Wizards, the Washington Wizards, who used to be the Washington Bullets, actually play in Baltimore, but they've, they've never been that very good. So mm -hmm. I'm a fan of the game, fan of, you know, some players, man. I loved watching Chris Paul play in Oklahoma. I got them. That was a good series. It was a good series. I watched the game last night. I think the Lakers, if they get it together, man, if they get it together, just one more notch, I don't, I don't think they can be stopped. There's a lot of big <laughs> – gosh. Yeah. But I still play a little bit, and I just – yeah. I, you know, I have a clothing line, and Joachim Noah um, got some stuff from me and was oh. wearing it. In my mind, I was like – and I, I told him, I was like, Dad, your, your dad's like the first guy on my mood board, you know, whenever I'm – Yannick Noah, which was cool. So who knows, man? I was like, maybe I'll end up like this NM athletics thing will work out. Like I'll, get, I'll get to like sponsor some athletes or like get get in there in the NBA somehow. I don't know. You the know, the next know. Supreme, man. The next Supreme. Yeah, exactly. NM athletics all the way, man. You know, and I was like, wow, I could imagine making a tennis kit and finding like a, a good young, a good young player and, and getting some gear on them. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great sport. That's cool to know. Well, if I come to Israel, man, we gotta find a court. We gotta play, play man. Yeah. yeah. Do they pick up ball out there and stuff? I'm just yeah. Oh, of course, man. They're very, very tough, very aggressive defense in Israel. Yeah, yeah I can imagine all that military training. Oh. All that hand checking, man. <laughs> Ow! I can feel my hurting already. <laughs> uh, anyways, man. Th thanks a lot for taking the time to talk with me, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did it. You seem like a super cool guy and good luck with the show and everything, man. I'm, I'm glad uh, you had me on. I'm honored. And um, yeah, man, well, let's keep in touch, man. Uh, you're really, uh, dude, you're an amazing special guy. You really are. I th thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I got you on Instagram and stuff. We'll stay in touch and you get out this way, let me know. If I get out that way, I'll let you know. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot, man. We'll